It's time for the Retire ASAP podcast. Here's your host, Taylor Fike. Welcome to the Retire ASAP show, where our goal is to get you free from work as soon as possible. My name is Taylor Fike, and I have my co-host, Brad Fike, with me. What's up, Brad? Well, I'm uh, five foot eight, well, five nine, originally shrinking down to probably below five point eight. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost taller than you. Then that yeah. I have never uh, been that before, but I'm afraid to measure anymore. I don't want to know. <laughs> well, if you keep leaning over your desk, over your keyboard with that bad posture, it's only going to get worse. Oh uh, yeah, you start hunching as you get older. You well, know? it's all those those big fish you've been catching. You know, they they really pull you into the water, oh, so your back yeah, is. I like it's the that. giant fish that are holding you. Excellent. Back. <laughs> That's an excellent way to look at it. I don't I don't know about that though. I've been fishing with you before. I don't know if I've caught. Any, any monsters, any record breakers. Well, don't let your mom pipe in here because she always catches the biggest fish she claims. That's usually the case. So what's going on? What's going on in uh, in the financial world, in the in the markets? There's some, you know, there's there's a little turmoil going on with the, uh, the government releasing their new whatever spending bill or somewhat. And Two trillion or something. Markets like some, are fluctuating a, a little bit. It's a T number. That's all I know. I hear T, I cringe. <laughs> Well, that's nothing anymore. A trillion dollars, we can throw that around with our yeah, eyes closed. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, I think the, uh, you know, here's the thing about the markets. I think it's still got room for quite a bit of growth, personally, from the podcasts I listen to from money managers and analysts. They're all pretty positive, even going in the next year. Now, no, of course, nobody has a crystal ball, right? Of course not. I mean, we have one in our conference room, but that thing still hasn't done any uh, all, projecting all, for us I look all. real deep into it, and all I see are these little bubbles. Yeah, it's I, glass with bubbles in the yeah, middle. I don't see anything interesting, just bubbles. Hopefully, that doesn't mean that there's a bubble starting. Oh, gosh. Maybe that's what it's been trying to tell us this whole <laughs> it's time. It's a stock market bubble going on. <laughs> Uh, so I think the market's got legs based on all the facts and stuff I'm hearing and reading. Although everything in the news media and all these gurus uh, that are on TV, which I haven't seen, but I see them on uh, you know the internet pages of news that you read and financial news. A lot of the financial news organizations, these guys are all coming. Oh, market's going to crash. It's coming to an end. This is the big one. And we've been heard this a million times. Maybe not a million, but a lot of times. And you just go... This is when you stay in because these guys are trying to prognosticate and tell you that they know something nobody else knows. However, if you look at the fundamentals, the markets, there's good solid profits by corporations. In fact, they're sitting on tons of cash. And so if they're sitting on a lot of cash, a lot of them are starting to buy their own stock back. That's that's a bullish move. That's not bearish. Bear right. meaning that they think it's going to collapse. So I think uh, people get a little scared. I've had a conversation with some clients lately that are fearful, uh, which is a good sign for bulls, right? Right. People are still scared. That means, okay, that's good. When everybody feels like it's exuberance at all times, that's when you guys start going, okay, everybody's overconfident. Maybe this market is coming to a, a, a correction of some sort. But right now, people are, are nervous. So that tells me that there's still legs in it. That's, yeah. that's just my opinion. Sure, sure. And really, all, all that to say is the same thing that we tell all of our clients. Stay the course. Doesn't, Absolutely. It doesn't even matter what the markets are doing today. Because overall and historically, from point A to point B, if you're in the market for a long period of time, you're going to make money. Now, again, no guarantees on anything, but you look historically, that's been the case. 
It's not about what happens in three-month periods. It happens over 10-year periods or 20-year periods. And when we talk to most of the people in our office, they're talking about retirement anyway. So they may be in their 30s or 40s just getting started saving, getting some legs under them, got ten, twenty, dollars $100,000 in their retirement fund, just really getting rolling. Or they may be in their 60s. Either way, they still have 20-plus years of investing. Let's say they're 60, they retire tomorrow. They still plan on living till 80. Most people are living into their 90s now. You're seeing that as the age ticks up. So you go, you have a long period of time to invest. Quit focusing on such minute things of what's happening in the next three months or the next six months. It, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Find your risk level. This is, what, this is the basic process, right? right? Find your risk level, diversify into stocks, bonds, and do it globally and rebalance. At least once a year. Wow. You make it sound so simple. I thought this was complicated. Well, I'm a genius. And a genius, we can just bring it down to, you know, <laughs> one word or two words. I think that's the thing <laughs> about investing in retirement planning. It's not complicated. It's actually really simple. The, the complicated it's, part is the discipline. The emotions. The, the emotional roller coaster is the worst part of it. Our own personal feelings. Yes. Well, that's not what we're talking about today. Okay. Let's not talk about feelings because, yeah. you know, mine might get hurt today. Yeah. Well, we can't have that. <laughs> Can we? No hurt feelings on this podcast. That's right. Well, what we're talking about today is we're still in our five dumb things uh, that smart people believe series. And we've already talked about annuities. That was our first one. Last episode, we talked about stock picking, which was another one. And I had a funny conversation with a client of ours who said, I was thinking about buying some stock. And then literally that next day, I listened to your podcast. I think I changed my mind after listening to you guys. So, hey, we saved one investor from, from making him, a... Might have saved him from losing his money. Or he could have made a ton. I don't know. We could be wrong. But we definitely saved him from gambling with it. You know, <laughs> speculating and gambling. That's all it is. Well, today, what I want to talk about is 401ks. And what people believe, at least in my conversations with clients, what I find is that people believe if I just put in whatever my employer's matching, whether that's 3%, 5%, 7% of my salary, whatever that matches, if I just do that for 30 years, I should be okay. Yeah. What and are your thoughts? Well, that's been going on for, uh, you know, since 401ks really got popular, which would have started maybe in the late 80s and started in the early 90s more popular. But with well, a 401k, uh, of course, just to bring people up to speed, uh, some employers will match your contribution. So let's say they do a 3% match. So they're going to take 3% of your pay. And if you put a dollar in, they'll put a dollar in. So let's say it's a dollar for dollar match means you put a dollar in, they put a dollar in up to 3% of your pay. Let's say it's a 5% match dollar for dollar. You put a dollar in, they put a dollar in up to 5% of your pay. Some so to put some numbers to it, if they make okay. $100,000, yep. if they put in, and it's a 3% match, if they put in $3,000 of their own money, the company gives them a free $3,000 that year. That's correct. So that's, what you, and, and same thing with 5%. If they make a hundred grand, it's 5%. They put in five grand, the company gives them a fr free five grand. Now, if they only put in, let's say 2,500, the company isn't going to give them the five grand, right? They're only they, going to give them they the only match what you put in up exactly. to that percent. Now, some companies won't do the full match. Some companies don't match anything, right? Because a lot of them bailed out of that in uh, 2008 and never brought it back. <laughs> yeah, you know that's a big expense to a lot of companies. If you have 100 plus employees, it's a lot of money coming out of your company going into their employees' pockets. Yeah, and so I've seen them where. They'll put a quarter in for a dollar. So every dollar you put in, they'll match a quarter, 25 cents yep. or 50 cents on the dollar up to usually when they do those that go to a higher percent, maybe quarter or 50 cents match of your dollar up to five or six percent. And some don't. So 
we always have to look at the ones that will not match and you always have to go, what is the 401k investment options in there? Are they worth investing? Because I really don't have any benefit other than it comes out of my paycheck before I get it in my hands, which is not a bad idea for a lot of people. Sure. Those who have a problem saving money. Absolutely. Well, my th- my thinking is, and I always sit down, because I have a, a handful of younger clients who come in and they say, what should I be doing? And my first step of what I tell everybody to do when it comes to investing, put in your employer match. It's free money. You're doubling your money with no risk for free. That just blows my mind that some people don't even do that. If it's a 3% match, and most people, at least in our area, aren't averaging a $100,000 salary, maybe 50000 60000 is the average here in our area. So you go, match, you know, that's just not that much to match 3%. So just dump it in there, double your money for free. There is nothing that I can do with my portfolio that can risk-free double your money. Nothing at all. So you need to at least start getting that free money on the table from your employer. After that, though, that's when things get a little bit more complex. Where do I go with this? What are my goals? Where am I heading? Those types of conversations have to happen there, but at least start with that match, for goodness sakes. Absolutely. And like you say, once you do the match, out of sight, out of mind, first of all, right? Comes out of my paycheck. I don't have it in my checking account to go spend. But if you do the match, you're all good. And then you got to decide if I'm going to go above the match. Well, I can afford to save more. A lot of people should. They may not do it uh, voluntarily without having discussions. But that's where a financial advisor comes in because they might say, look, we've got to look at this. If you want to retire early and our program is uh, retire early, that's yeah. right. ASAP. Yeah. ASAP. Soon as possible. Yeah. Soon as possible. So that's what we're trying to help you do. So we got to look at, is there better options than going above the match in your 401k and do some stuff on your own, you know, Roth IRAs and such where you're away from that 401k, but you can do it personally on your, as an addition. Right. Well, you're talking about above and beyond. So let me just ask you this question straight up. If there's, I'd say probably the average 401k matches around 3%. I don't know what your specific company is as a listener, but it's probably close to three, maybe somewhere between three and five. But is that enough? Let's just ballpark it. Is three or 5% with the match, is that enough for someone to retire on in most cases? I would say you're going to fall vastly short. And I would agree. And that's Uh, why this conversation has to be had. Because many people will come in here and say, let's say at age 55, what have you been doing to save for retirement? They're just now thinking about retiring. And they, they may say, well, I've just been putting money in my 401k. Well, how much? I don't know, 3 5%, whatever my match is, something like that. And you look at it and, at that number and you go, that's not nearly enough for you to retire. And I think there's just this facade and this, I don't know, maybe this fog in people's mind where they just think, oh, if I just do this thing at work, I should be able to retire by the time I get there. But I think those days of being able to retire on a company pension and 401k and that's all you ever needed, I think those days are long gone unless you're with certain companies that are just really set up well. Yeah, and there's not much of that left anymore. And this goes this this rings true for no matter what your income level is, right? Because right. if I'm making 30000 a year, I'm putting 3% away. If I'm making 300000 I'm putting 3% away. It looks like a higher number. But when I go to retire, I'm going to require more money than the guy who's making 30000 a year because my lifestyle is going to be based on 300,000, not the 30, right? right? So when we figure out how much do you need per month, the guy who's been used to making 300 probably says, well, I want to continue to make 300 or close to it. And the guy making 30 is going to go, well, I'm good right here. And so it's it, it doesn't matter how much you're making. The match isn't going to get the job done. Well, just logically think about that if you start putting the numbers together. So you make $300,000 a year. 
Now, I think I read somewhere in, in an article about retirement plan that says retirees need about 80% of their annual income in retirement, of their working annual income in retirement to survive, which I almost laugh at because the reality is I have not met a retiree that says, I'll take less money now than what I was when I was working. It just No one says, I, I want less money now. They always want at least whatever they were making, usually in exactly, their pocket. Yep. So let's say if you make 300000 you want 300000 you're only saving 3% of your own money plus 3% of your employer's money. That's 6%. Of your 300000 you're saving 6% a year and you expect to be able to live on 300000 a year when you know, 20, 30, 40 years down the road. The math just doesn't work out. You should be saving a lot more than that. Now, the markets will help that 6%. Don't get me wrong. You're going to get a boost. But let's say best case scenario, maybe by the time you get to the retirement, that 6%, that's not going to be 100% of your income every year. There's no way that savings numbers work out right. unless you're getting astronomical returns, which in most cases, that doesn't happen unless you you know, you know hit the lottery. And we talked about this in stock picking. You got really lucky and gambled it all on black and you won. That's about the only way. So the math just doesn't work out that the 401k match is enough for you to retire on. So what else should people be doing then? If, the, if it's not just the 401k, what should they be? Should they be saving more in their 401k? Should they be looking at outside investment options? What What do you think? Well, I think it, that's a depends question because it you know it's it dependent on like like every, the adult diapers depends. Yeah, well, not quite that. <laughs> I guess it is because it's giving you protection one way or another. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so if if you look at it, I say you have to look at all those angles, and again, that's where an advisor can help you go through all that and try to figure it out. So, you know, what are some options then? So if, if someone's looking to say, I want to save more than 3%, my, my 3% match, my 401k, what options should they be considering? Well, I think that's a good question, but let's start at a different place is how much should I be putting away? Oh, that's my favorite question. Everyone always asks. Yeah. How, how much, much should I put away? Well, the general rule historically from way, way back is put 10% away. If you don't put 10% away, that could include your 3% and then put another seven somewhere else. The money from the employer should not count in the 10%. All right. (laughs) Right. I mean, that that didn't cost you anything. That's icing on the cake. Now, most people will go, there's no way I can do 10%. That comes up all the time. So, okay, what can we do? Let's go through the budget. Let's figure all that out. And then once you know how much you can put away, then you look at if it's several percent or more, do I look at doing it in the 401k or outside the 401k? We would go outside to 401k for a couple different reasons. One, you have more control of how it's invested. You're not tied to that 401k where the employer picks who the uh, money manager is and what funds are available to you. And you don't always have great choices, right? right? I mean, there's some good ones in a lot of them, but sometimes you don't have great choices and you don't know what the fees are. Nope. Right. I mean, it's very hard to find the costs and fees in a 401k. But there aren't there aren't any fees, right? Well, Brad, I, I look on, I don't see any fees on my statement other than maybe that $25 administrative fee. There's there, no fees in there. There is implicit fees <laughs> and explicit fees and some of them you're never going to see, right? What? I mean, they don't have, to, it's disclosed, but you need to read your you, annual prospectus. You got to dig to find them, huh? You'll find there's just some, a lot of, I've, uh, we won't go into all the fee details, but some 401ks are very high in fees. They're paying all the administration costs in the fees of the funds. So you, the participant, are actually paying the fees of the administration of the 401k. You don't see it. It, that's, but it comes out of the returns in the accounts. That's a surprise. Oh, so no. anyhow, when you can't, if you can go more, let's say you can go 10%. Yeah. 
And then the discussion with an advisor is going to be at that point, if, if you come see an advisor, you're going to do this on your own. You got to figure it out. Go online, do all your reading. But if you're coming to see an advisor, we're going to sit down and go, all right, let's talk about what you think your retirement should like like now. I don't care if you're 20 years old, 30 years old, or 60 years old. You got to have that discussion. And then once you figure that out, you back stuff back down and go, maybe we should have some tax-free money and some money that's going to be taxable. Because remember, everything in your 401k has not been taxed in most cases. Sure. Okay. So what happens is when I go to pull the money out of retirement, it's taxed to me as income. Well, what if I could put some money over and say a Roth IRA? I'm not going to get the deduction the year I put it in, but 30 years down the road, when I want to start drawing income out for retirement, I can pull some of it from the Roth IRA, which by the way, grows tax-free, okay, mm -hmm. yep. as long as I follow some of the parameters. And I've had it in there for a considerable period of time. So we're talking a 30-year time frame here. So if I'm a 30-year-old and I want to retire at 60. So I'm going to, at that point, if I put money in the Roth and I kept feeding my 401k, now I have a place to pull money that is not taxable and some that will be taxable, keeps me a lower tax bracket, gives me more flexibility. It's just a better all-around plan. But everybody is different, right? Right. Well, an example of this that I have is I was just talking to a client last week and she is getting ready to retire. She will be 59 next year, which means that she'll, well, at 59 and a half in March, I should say next year. So that means at that point, she'll have access to uh, her IRA contributions without the 10% penalty. And our conversation was if she's going to retire at 59 and a half, she has to go out and find her own health insurance because she's leaving her company. So she's not going to have her company plan. She's not 65, so she doesn't qualify for Medicare. So she should go out into the market and find an individual health insurance policy. Well, her question was, how do I find one that's affordable? Because if she were to take her income today and what she's earning, which is well into the six figures, she would be paying an arm and a leg to get health insurance on an individual policy. Because the way that the current marketplace works for health insurance is you get a subsidy if you have lower income. Well, the beauty of her setup is that we're going to take some of her income from her traditional IRA, which is going to have you know, a taxable income amount, and then the rest of her income we're going to take from a Roth IRA. So we're going to keep her income at a lower number, although she's going to have more money in her pocket than what shows on her tax form. And the reason that is, is because she saved tax-free income within her Roth IRA that was set aside and ready to go so that she can pay less health insurance premiums until she turns 65 and utilize some of that tax-free income. All of this was a part of our long-term planning that we've been doing for the last five or six years. So this kind of thinking, it does play out and can save you tons of money, especially in this weird health insurance marketplace that we have now that really punishes you if you're a high earner. Those types of questions got to be thought about where I go, okay, if I want to retire early or as soon as possible at 55, 60, 62, whatever it is, I need to start thinking about what am I doing to strategize around that? And now if, if she would have thought, I'm going to put all my money in my 401k, which she put a large amount in her 401k at work because she was a high earner. If that's all she did, she would be stuck going, I can't retire until I can afford health insurance. And that could be 
two or three or four more years until she feels like she can handle the premiums for however long until she qualifies for Medicare. And so that kind of situation, that kind of conversation goes, okay, so just saving in her 401k wasn't going to be enough savings wise for her to retire, but it certainly helps that she had that side savings of the Roth IRA because she could now utilize that to say, okay, I have this money here to lower my taxable income and lower my health insurance premiums, allowing me to retire a couple years earlier. Yeah. And when she turns 65 and goes on Medicare and she's a high earner still, if she's still requiring that, if it's all claimable, in other words, it's all coming out of that tax deferred 401k, she's going to get a subsidy tax on a high income earner for Medicare. The Medicare surcharge. No one knows about it until it hits you. Yeah. And so you don't think about it now. If you're younger, you're like, ah, it's a long ways off. That could all change. Well, it can all change. Right. But the likelihood of it going away is probably pretty slim because you don't think the government's already instituted it for quite a while. They're not going to take away those easy revenue dollars because they know what people who can retire probably have the money that can afford the tax. Right. And if you're a high earner, that's even you're even bigger on the radar screen right now. So that's a bigger advent, uh, advantage if you do have those tax-free accounts to pull out of any point in time in retirement keeps you out of the higher tax brackets. Sure. And uh, so it's a huge strategy, but it needs to be dealt with early on so that you have considerable amounts in all those options. Right. So we always talk about diversification of a portfolio. We've had episodes on portfolio engineering and how you put those together and why you diversify and what the reason behind that is. A lot of times people forget that you need income diversification too. Absolutely. You need to know and have the flexibility to say, okay, these years I can have higher earnings because they're not going to affect me in major ways in my taxes. These years I can't. And you need to be prepared for that. And so this is all part of saying that maybe your 401k isn't the only option. Now, I will say there are newer 401ks that have Roth options available within them. And that may be the route you choose. I have some clients who say, I'm going to you know, contribute to both sides of my 401k. That's great. Just as long as you are making that plan to say, I have other options other than my match. What you will find though, is a lot of times, whatever you put in that Roth IRA, you may not be getting a match for. That's usually separate. And depending on how the plan description is written, you may be putting your own dollars in there, but the company may not be matching it because they're not going to get the tax benefit. And so the company is all, all about putting it in the traditional side that has the tax deferred side of things because that's where they get the company's deduction for putting money in there. They don't do that for the Roth usually. Yeah. And the downside of the, I'm not saying it's a downside. It's a great option. I'm glad they put those in 401ks, but match or no match um, on the on the Roth side, the thing you look at is what kind of options do I have to invest in? Right. And so if I'm uh, not going above what the annual limits are for me to do an individual Roth, I still think the individual Roth's the way to go. A lot of times we can do the fees, the costs of, of doing business are cheaper than doing it in a 401k. Not always, but a lot of times. And the investment options are vast. Right. And we're on a 401k. Well, oh, you got uh, 20 options here. You know, and you're that's, like, oh, that's well. generous. And I've there only, might be three of them that are really good. And the rest are like average. Most of them I'm seeing are 10 or less anymore with yeah. all those target date funds. They don't want to give you options. And then the other thing I always dislike about 401ks is let's say I'm a big company and I'm doing the 401k for XYZ Corporation. And you're an employee of that XYZ Corporation. And every year you get this little letter. It says, well, we closed out X fund and you are now moving over to this fund because basically that fund stunk. 
So they swept <laughs> it under the rug and they put you in another stinky fund, right? right. Because they oh, the bad funds, they stuff in, they just stuff a few of them in 401ks. If you go in there and you start looking, there's never, there's always one or two in there. You go, that should not even be in there. Right. Now you'll hear all the different approach from the 401k providers. Oh, we screen these, blah, blah, blah. There's always garbage in there. So be careful when you're picking those out and uh, do your research. I mean, it is your, it's your retirement money for goodness sake. Right. Well, and I'll put a shameless plug in for financial advisors, because here's the thing. In a 401k, the person that is most important to the advisor of that 401k is your employer, not you. Because your employer is the one who chooses what plan they go with. And which one do you think they're going to choose? The one that benefits the company the most. Yeah, sure, they're going to want to benefit themselves and their own retirement savings. But the reality is 401ks are expensive for companies to manage. So it comes down to dollars and cents. Do I get the more expensive options of fund options and bells and whistles of a 401k? Or do I go with the cheaper option? You got to think about that because you as the employee, you're receiving this as a benefit from the company. You are not the means, you are a means to an end, I should say. You are not the main focus of that 401k plan provider. They're thinking about how do I keep the employer happy, not so much the employee. Whereas if you have your own financial advisor that you are paying a fee to them for their advice and their service, they care about you. They're picking options for you, not for your company, not for the executives in the C-suite. They're picking it for you. And so you have to think about where do motives lie of different individuals? And I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that as in 401k providers are bad because we've, we've managed 401ks through our business. It's not something that's impossible to do, but that bias does exist out there. And you have to be very careful as to, okay, who am I listening to? And who is this, who, who is this really benefiting in the end? Me or someone else? Well, that's where I say the hidden fees come into play. Because if I'm an employer and I go, look, I'm only offering this 401k because the marketplace requires it and I don't want to lose employees. So if we offer it, put a little match on there, that keeps everybody happy. But if I don't want to pay the administration costs, which are thousands of dollars a year for the employer to have you know, a third-party administrator administrate them, they can shove those fees for that into the cost of the mutual funds. And those mutual funds will kick back enough. Uh, that, in other words, all the employees are paying higher mutual fund fees within there that they don't pay attention to because sure. nobody reads the fine print. And then that helps pay the administration costs. So there's all kinds of tricks of the trade. And I'm not saying all employers that way. There are some great employers out there in this world who actually really do care. Right. But you do have a fair amount that are just there to, you know, put it on the piece of paper. It says, look how we treat you. We're giving you some benefit here. So all in all, it's all good. But, uh, you know, if you're going to go above and beyond, you should really consider looking outside that arena and look at doing something for yourself where you have control and you get to work with somebody to help make decisions that are going to work for you 30 years from now, not right. just the tax savings this week for my paycheck. You know? Absolutely. So to wrap all this up, what we're trying to say is that a lot of people believe the idea that 401ks and their matches, if you save 3% or 5% every year for 30 years, you're going to be okay. And what we're saying is in our experience and what we've seen out there is you need to do more. You need to go above and beyond that. One, you need to do more than your match in savings, probably closer to 10% of your salary per year rather than three or five. And two, you need to diversify the different types of income you might get in retirement. Look at Roth options. Look at you know non-qualified accounts that may have capital gains tax rather than income tax. Look at different facets to see what makes the most sense for my long-term retirement plan. 
And if you haven't designed a long-term retirement plan, you need to get with a financial advisor now. And now we're taking on new clients at Fike Advisors. If you want to come in and talk to one of us, Brad or myself, you can go to our website, fikeadvisors.com. In the top right corner, there's a schedule now button. If you click that, it takes you to our digital calendar. Get yourself signed up for a 20, 30 minute appointment. We can do it over the phone, over Zoom, whatever you're most comfortable with. You can come into our office. Just get something on the calendar so you can start discussing that. Because whether you're 25 or 55, you need to start putting a plan together or you're never going to get retired. You're just going to keep going through the motions, be on the hamster wheel of work, and you're going to think, well, someday I'll have enough or someday I'll figure it out. And if you don't make a step today to do that, you're going to miss out on another day or another week or another month or another year before you get closer. So do it now. Schedule now at fikeadvisors.com. There's a button in the top right corner. Get on our calendar. We'd love to help you. It doesn't cost you anything for your free consultation. We just sit there. We talk. We see how we can help you. If we can help you, we'll talk about your next steps. If we can't, we'll find you someone who can. Very good. So final closing thoughts. I think we covered as much as we can cover in this subject. So my final thoughts would be stay the course, my friends. Stay the course and stay flexible. Flexibility, baby. Flexibility. Uh, the financial yo guy himself. So with all that being said, hi, hi. <laughs> was it, is that like your yoga gong or what? It, what that's, is that? That's my, that's, I'm starting to work on a new theme song and it's going to start with, you know, my, my yoga hum. Yoga hum. Oh boy. It's yoga hum, 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 hum. Oh, it's like the, the meditating ohms or whatever. Oh like. yeah. It's relaxation for flexibility. Uh, okay. Well, whatever you say. I'm very creative. So we have two more episodes in this series because we're talking about five dumb things smart people believe. Our next episode, well, I'm not quite sure what our next episode, well, I think I do. We're going we're gonna to do market timing next. We're going to talk about how market oh, timing a is a problem. One. And then in our final episode, we're going to talk a little bit about something that's near and dear to our hearts. We'll keep that a secret for now. But um, market timing is our next episode. We release a podcast twice a month, so every other week. So catch us here in a couple weeks. And in the meantime, share it with your friends. Share it with your friends and have a good rest of your week. Investment advisory services provided by Fike Advisors, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Please consult a professional before taking any action. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed.